I'm sure you've heard more than once that being in a rock band equates to being part of a surrogate family, with all the similar characters assuming all the customary roles and with the inevitable drama, infighting, tension, and gossip that runs rampant in just about every family I've had a chance to peer into as well. However, when the curtain lifts and the chips are on the line, so to speak, that family, no matter what just transpired beforehand, pulls up their britches and joins together to uphold some semblance of an unspoken united front. It's this united front that is so appealing to an audience. Band photos, for example, are presented in a way that can only be likened to a gang, often in front of the brick walls of an alley, with scowls on their faces, backs straightened, ready for attack, and in a uniformed manner. Often these photos are our introduction to a band, and sometimes the only opportunity we are given to glimpse inside the makings of. How many times have we all stared at the band photo of a group we love, trying to figure out the dynamics within, how someone's style looks so cool, how someone lurking in the background suddenly becomes the most intriguing, and how much we want to join their cause, or at least attend the party they are throwing. Every band out there, when the cameras are rolling, when the stakes are turned up high, put on their game faces, their sticks on the ice, and get the job done. You don't want anyone or anything to breach that line, and my loyalty has been tested many a time. And no matter how much arguing or tension there is within our band at any given moment, not that there is now, but, I mean, there has been in the past, I can't lie, if someone was to come at us like a pit bull, I will defend our inner circle at all costs. Most people in bands would. Now, take all these bands and their us-against-the-world mentality, but take the audience away. Now, put them all together. You have the makings of a giant pose-down, a humongous standoff. Too many times I've seen bands, usually newer bands, who are, quote-unquote, too cool for school. And this cool they're trying to harness and have us believe eventually devolves into the realization that they're just another asshole. No, no. The real bands, the real cool bands, they don't have to prove shit to anybody. And it only makes it work in their favor because eventually... Everyone just loves them on and off the stage. Last spring, we played the Soundwave Festival in Australia, a traveling festival that had an incredible lineup, everyone from Metallica, Slayer, and Offspring, to Fucked Up and the Cancer Bats, to Caius Lives and Ghost, to Kingdom of Sorrow and Billy Talent, all together playing shows. With the amount of people and crews traveling, bands were grouped together, during the course of the festival, taking shuttles together, staying at the same hotels together, dressing rooms together, etc., etc. On the first day, I realized we were grouped with all the New York hardcore bands, Visions of Disorder, Sick of It All, and Madball. As a fan, I couldn't have been happier. And to be honest, Lou and Pete Collar have been nothing but nice to us over the years, where we've been able to make their acquaintance through touring. But Madball were a band I had never met before. Their name, as much as Sick of It All's, is synonymous with New York hardcore. But man, I gotta admit, they looked intimidating as hell. 
of course, a bunch of guys who don't really know each other on a bus together in a line of work where bravado and flash are often the determiners of success, you could cut the silence with a knife on that bus at first. That is, until voices in the back where Madball were sitting started getting louder and louder, and stories were being passed back and forth with greater degrees of laughter. By the end of the short trip, Madball were telling old New York hardcore stories that had even the iciest brooding passenger laughing. For me, I was almost in tears, and I couldn't believe I was privy to this. Stories about people that I admired from the source. This wasn't some second-hand historical account. These were guys talking about their friends. It's just that their friends were people who you only heard about but didn't know. This broke the tension, and after that, Soundwave became one big hang. The loudest, most distinct voice on that bus that had everyone crying with laughter was Madball bassist Hoya Rock. Hoya is someone you immediately want to know and become friends with. He can seem intimidating at first, but he has an infectious aura that is very amicable and draws many people to him, as you will hear. With Madball's eighth studio album, Hardcore Lives, recently released this past summer, and Hoya's Casa de Rock clothing line, the man definitely has his plate full. How does he do it? By being the first to rise. Hoya is the only guy besides JC that gives me a run for my money when it comes to waking up early. With our band, we named one of our albums Sleep is the Enemy, so it's something I take to heart, and we pride ourselves with waking up early. Every morning when I wake up, I check my online feeds to see if Hoya's up. Usually, he's beaten me to the punch and has already uploaded a pic of him somewhere at home or on the road, sipping his first coffee while I'm trying to open my eyes. So I had to get the man himself on the podcast. It's good timing that there's a new Madball album to talk about and plug, but really, any time is a good time. I just want Hoya on the podcast. We had originally intended to do this live one-on-one when Madball were recently in town in Toronto, but as border crossings go, the Canadian-American border isn't always the smoothest to cross for both sides, and so the band got delayed and we decided to do it through Skype, which is fine by me too. Hoya shines here nonetheless. Visit his CasaDayRock.com site. Just like he says on the podcast, he's printing up these t-shirts himself, one by one. I want to thank Skull Candy Headphones and Blue Mic Microphones, and thank you to everyone who's left a comment on iTunes and iTunes stores in various countries, and who's left a comment on SoundCloud. Please keep them coming. It's very much appreciated. And, okay, here we go. Hoya Rock of Madball is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around. They play the kid as Danko screw up, tell them for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Tell me you're from fucked up. Stop playing hang down, down. I began to notice that Danko was completely nuts. He'd suddenly start making weird sounds and scary faces for no reason at all. And it, it wasn't just embarrassing, it, it was alarming. And now, since I'm a devout Catholic, I asked my local parish priest about Danko's condition, and he was sure Danko was possessed by Satan. So I helped my priest perform an exorcism on Danko that very day, 
but it didn't work. The dude is seriously screwed, and according to my parish priest, will burn in hell for all of eternity if he doesn't get himself checked out. Yo, yo. Hey, Hoya. Hey, you hear me? This <laughs> shit works, huh? <laughs> How's it going? It's going good. I'm so glad to be talking to you. Yeah, I know, man. I just missed you by fucking um, a couple of hours that day I was in town. You know how that is. We got caught up, the border, cavity checks, all that stuff. No, I hear you. I totally understand. But not everything is good. That's great. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to do this so badly. There's, there's things I want to talk about, but you know, I think I tweeted this. I can listen to you talk all day. <laughs> well, you and like people that know me know I I love talking shit. But, <laughs> first of all, can I curse on this? Is this yeah? Oh well, well, yeah, yeah. Like I said again, like you know, and all my people know, I love talking shit. Is uh, no better way to spend the time. Well, you were on the uh, Dead Bloated Morrison podcast, the Visions of Disorder podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The VOD boys. And yeah, I, was I love like, talking shit with them, too. <laughs> I was like, is this thing is only half an hour? <laughs> yeah. Again, you know, if you don't stop me, I'll keep going. Then people start hating me. Well, the thing is, I mean, I, I talked to you about this on, uh, on Twitter, direct messaged you. Back in Australia last year, when we were sharing a bus with you guys and Sick of It All and Visions of Disorder, uh, we were in the front of the bus or the middle of the bus. You guys were in the back of the bus. (laughs) And you guys were just like talking and swapping stories. And slowly, everybody in the entire bus started to listen to you guys. And you had the whole bus of all these bands we were howling, man. Yeah, yeah, you know what it is? It's just a lot. We were lucky that all those guys you named, a lot of them are, are old friends of ours. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know how it is being on the road. You, you, you know, you see a lot of each other and then you don't see each other for a while. So it's like, you know, each other good. So you got a lot of history and a lot of personal shit that's happened with you guys. Cause, you know, it's about and, you know. We also been touring for a long time, so you know how that is. Being on the road, you have a lot of stuff that happens, and well, you know it's it's good to catch up. You get to be like a little kid again. You were uh, you guys were talking about Vinny Stigma, yes. And man, I mean, it goes without saying. Vinny oh, Stigma my. is 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 he, a name. Yeah, he's there'll never be another one like him in any way. Like you know, um. That guy did so much for music without knowing that he was doing it. And then just the way he is as a human, forget it. You ain't going to meet nobody funnier. And you ain't going to be nobody who tours and been grinding in rock and roll music that's still touring and doing it like he had, like he's doing. So, I mean, well, yeah, he's a nut. 
you guys were swapping some hilarious stories about him. And I know it's all from, it comes from a place of respect and friendship. Yeah. But I've met him three times and all two of the three times yielded stories for just a small time I was around him. Yeah. <laughs> I The first time I ever met him, we played a festival in Europe and we were on the same stage, but it was an indoor stage. And I wanted to check out Agnostic Front. Uh-huh. We played already. And I was walking back to the, to the arena or to the stage. And there he is. He's trying to get in the building. And I go, oh, my God, Vinny, I'm big fan. Oh, great to meet you. And he just turns to me and goes, how do I fucking get in here? I can't get in. <laughs> and I just yeah. go, it's the store. Yeah. It's just here. <laughs> it's but it's it's awesome. The stories you guys had. And uh, it's just him again. He's just a rare he's old, old New York. I'm old and I try to make him He's just from an era that doesn't exist no more of a it's a classic era of, you know, and music and and just per and how his you know personality and his attitude is. He's just no matter. He's he's done it all. He's played, you know, for five people thirty years ago. He's paid played for you know fifty thousand thirty years later, and he's the same guy, and he does not change one bit. I'll say that, and I know him, you know, about twenty plus years. So, they, well, you know, he was, he's a he's the best stigma stigma for president. <laughs> The other time uh, was some festival and we played with Sick of All and Agnostic Front in Germany. <clears throat> and uh, once again, you know, to me, he is synonymous with hardcore New York, New York hardcore, his face alone. And uh, I've looked at photos of this guy's face in magazines and whatever. Yeah. And then he starts talking about when he found out that we were from Canada, he starts talking about this men's product like <laughs> like for his skin or something that he can only get in Canada. Yeah. He's... And it went against like the the image I had of him. Yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> like, no, believe me, you know, he'll try anything once, the old man. But like um He's another one, again, because of Vinny, we've always, you know, we've, we've always had um, a good fan base in, in um, Canada was because Agnostic Front always had a connection with, you know, Canada, especially the East, you know, the Toronto, the Montreals and mm -hmm. all that. Since back in the day, you know, they mm -hmm. had, you know, Frenchie the Skinner, old roadie of theirs was from Montreal and we're talking in the early 80s. You know, and they were always coming up here. Uh, well, up there, I should say. But um, so it's always been a thing, you know. It's always seemed, that's what I could say about Canada. And, st and Stigma always loved Canada. And, I, and it was always, I always remember, you know, hearing it from him. Some, for some, some, something about it, he always loved Canada for some reason. Yeah, he was because we have the uh, you know the Rite Aid of Canada is called Shoppers Drug Mart, and he was going, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got a friend of mine, 
he sends me this soap from Shoppers Drug Mart. Yeah, he's and we're crazy. looking at each other. Going, this is Vinny Stigma. Yeah, he's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. I can't believe- but your he stigma probably shines stories. his boots with it. He don't even know what he's doing with it. <laughs> your stigma stories, man. You guys are training it off. You yeah. guys are sick of it all going back and forth. Even if some of the guys on the bus, because people don't know, we were all sectioned off in buses. Man, the first day that I realized we were with you guys on the buses, the shuttles from the Soundwave Festival... Oh, it was intimidating. You must, have said, uh, you must have said, oh, my God, what am I, in the prison bus? I was like, oh, man, Hoya, Hoya <laughs> Rock is on our bus. And then I saw you with um, uh, Johnny uh, Araya. Yeah. You guys were checking out Metallica. Yeah. And I went up to Johnny, and I, was, I introduced myself. And you didn't break face. You were just like, get this fucker out of my face look get this <laughs> yeah unfortunately my face is either i'm smiling or it looks like what you just said even if i don't mean that but it was awesome because by the end of the tour you know i think those stigma stories really broke the ice in the bus and and man it was ah oh, it was it was the best time i had yeah. the greatest time at the yeah, Soundwave. yeah i year. had a good time on that tour. It was the same thing and it's funny i have a, a old story Yo, Marty, I'm giving him a shout out because there's an f- old friend of mine who loved you guys, your band, and everything from a long time ago. And I told him I was doing this podcast. So, but um, yeah, that, you know, <laughs> we've been touring a long time, you know, and you know how that goes. There's no way you could be on the road so long and not encounter some type of craziness. How does it work? Because um, I always pride myself on being the first up. And the only person who can challenge me on that is JC, our bass player in our band. We're the first people up, emailing, online. You beat me to the punch almost every day. You know what what it is? That, first of all, I got kids, but it has zero to do with the kids. Is that I've always been, I've never been a deep sleeper. So when I'm on the road, you know, I'm, you know, the hours are late. So obviously, you know, you're getting in by the time if you, if you go to the hotel and stuff, you know, it's one, two in the morning. When I'm home, I'm in bed by 10, 1030 at night. And then I wake up about, you know, from between 530 and 630 in the morning, which if you count the hours is enough. So, you know, the average human <laughs> is still sleeping. But once I open my eyes, I got to talk shit, you know. Yeah. So. Today. Yeah. I upload a picture of uh, Rob Ford, our mayor, and, and Mike Tyson. Boom! You're the first like. <laughs> you know, I was waiting for you. I had to make sure I didn't forget this about this podcast. <laughs> you know? so, and then but, but, I'm the first like on your first nah, Instagram. Nah, nah, listen, I don't sleep. When you sleep, I creep. That's it. <laughs> but uh, definitely That's, not. Yeah, you know, it's one of those, again, you know, um, though I love, you know, um, touching base, talking shit, you know, I keep hearing people updated with what's going on with the band. And I also like, you know, I like, I, it keeps me informed on what's going on with my friends. That's how I know what's going on in the world. Because you guys tour internationally for 20 plus years, you've got friends in other time zones. Oh yeah. Like, I get it. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, again, like you, you know, you've been doing it the same thing. You know, you it's crazy that you have friends that you that you are closer with than people that live like a couple of blocks from you. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Because we've been touring so long and we tour so much overseas. Again, like you, you know, we spent a lot of time in Germany and, and in Europe. Those people we know already 20 years. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's it's when you look back, it's so crazy. But um, yeah, it's a good way to keep everybody, you know, informed. And again, it's like it's a mass email. I like staying, you know, I, we're not one other. As a band, we always um, we always love new bands and new blood. There's bands that hate on new blood. We're also some of us in the band. Myself, I like technology and I like keeping up on what people, how people are communicating and what's going on. And what's the fastest way to get the word out there? Again, you know, Madball is a, it's a family business. So it's a way for us to promote our band and, you know, our friends' bands and, you know, their businesses and all this, you know, and all that stuff. So we like, you know, keeping up to date. And you mentioned it's a family business. You have a family business, a side business, Casa de Rock. Yes, yes. And by, I'm gonna be sending you some stuff soon, so you just no. I got you. You just gotta rock that shit on stage, cause that way the girls will start buying it. The girls love that. <laughs> so I know, I know, I know how it works. But you, you've got this this uh, T-shirt. It's it's not just a T-shirt company, cause it, it comes loaded with with so much meaning. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, like again, you know, like a lot of people. Um, People in bands, you know, have put out their own um, clothing line where basically, you know, whoever's putting out their band's merchandise, you know, they put their name on it and they, you know, if somebody puts out, you know, a design or what or whatever. I was basically wanting to take over, you know, I wanted to take over what the band does, you know what I mean? I wanted to have control of what I wanted to put out, how I wanted to do it, and I wanted to do all the work on it, you know what I mean? So it was like an old school mentality of DIY, but keep it up to date and still keep it. You know, I want to keep it quality and all that, but it's something that I do myself. Like when I say I have a clothing brand, it's not, oh, oh I call somebody up and then they send me a, the shirts. No, I'm printing the shit in my room. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, my mattress goes up. And I start printing. Not, not not four or five people. Me. Everything by me, you know, done by me. And all the, like, my web store is ran by my brother. You know, Casa de Rock means my house. And like, we really mean my house. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a promo, and he's in, your brother's in the background, right? Yes, yes. You know, again, a, a family affair. You know, we, you know, we come from a scene that, that's so rich with talent as far as artists, people, musicians, and, you know, people that got products and stuff that we have in our own world. So I wanted to help them and also it basically helps each other, you know, the culture move, underground music move, you know? Like, my first design is a, a New York hardcore symbol, but it's done by my a, a old friend of mine, MQ1. He's a famous graffiti writer. I 
did it to, you know, because graffiti people have love for him. And I love underground culture and grew up with graffiti. And, you know, we, we collaborated on that. I have another design done by a friend, Norm, who's one of the baddest tattoo artists out there in lettering. Nobody, you know, he's one of the best. Again, I had him do a shirt. These are all my friends, too. I wanted to do, uh, again, you know, keep it something organic, something that's that feels, you know, together, you know, something that doesn't feel fake. But also, you know, we could have a cool T-shirt from, you know. So just in case people listening don't know the design, the main design is the New York Hardcore logo. Yes. And- I, you know, I've been using that. I've been that was my first design because I also I want people to know that that I learned how to screen print. I did my first screen printing when I was 16 years old. When me and my boy MQ, the guy I just named, were running T-shirts off uh, on the floor, running T-shirts printing on the floor for my old band, which was printing. But what I'm what I did with this design was I learned on YouTube. So. I started simple, and I wanted to take something that, you know, represented me. It's not my logo, but I've been pushing the shit out of it just to get my brand out there to catch the eye and push my brand. I feel you, especially you and and Madball, are synonymous with that logo, and that logo has been appropriated in almost every scene all over the world. Yeah, you know, it's a, again, it's a, it's a symbol that, like the anarchy symbol, you know what I mean? It, it, it represents, you know, a, a whole style of music. We definitely rep it because wherever, we always said we were a New York hardcore band. We never said we hated metal. We never said we hated rap. We always said we love everything, but we always said we're a New York hardcore band. You know, and we always flew that flag because, again, coming from our background, we always felt like we were the underdogs and we were always proud of what we did. But, you know, so when, whenever we, you know, we have a chance, that's like us flying the flag. And not just for hard, we love anything underground and, you know, even popular. We love music as long as it seems. If it's good or we just feel like it comes from the right place, we back it. And that symbol represents New York Hardcore, and we back New York Hardcore. I feel that symbol, and you know, now that it's part of uh, Casa de Rock, it's kind of like the underground version of the I Love New York t-shirt. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you know, like, like again, uh, I don't claim that symbol, but I fly it with respect, and it's... You know, it, again, Madball represent, keeps that symbol alive, too, along with a lot of other bands. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just and not just, you know, that's a New York hardcore thing. But it's, a, you know, we represent worldwide hardcore. Like we were saying, we have friends throughout Europe, you know, um, Asia, Australia, you know, Canada, everywhere. You know, so it's definitely that's why we try to tap on. We rep underground music, you know. Now, does will Cassidy Rock venture into actually Madball merch or other bands merch? Where where do you yeah, see? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Eventually, my, you know, 
my go- my dream would be to be able to just take over Madball stuff. You know what I mean? Because yeah. um, it's, it'll be helping the band itself, and it's in house, and you know what I mean. And we tour enough where it, it could work in a good way for everything. You know what I mean? But I would like to do eventually. You know, if I could handle, start doing some of my friends' band stuff, you know, I would. You know, right now it's kind of hard to keep up because I literally do them in between tours and then in between taking care of my kids, I'm printing T-shirts. So, but it's, you know, eventually I'd like to do Madball stuff and then I'd take it from there. You know, first Madball, then the Danko stuff, and then, you know. (laughs) (laughs) yeah man the casa de rock itself the the logo that i see that as as a t-shirt yeah you know we've a lot of stuff i got a lot of ideas coming there's a lot of different stuff coming like if you see on my instagram i push a lot of ads that i make myself for like you know again i like having fun with it i love everything if it's from, you know, MMA to, um, you know, like uh, um, um, skateboarding to, you know, um, you name it, graffiti, hip hop, you know, uh, black metal, whatever. I love it all. So I like I come up with ads sometimes for the, my Instagram and then they, some of the almost come out so good that I like that are going to become T-shirts. So this, I got a lot of ideas and I got a lot of stuff to because I can there. see the the Casa de Rock design, the logo, the brand, and the story behind the name to be a brand unto itself. Yeah, you, you know, that was kind of my point. Again, you know, I wanted to do a different angle of, again, not just putting my name and saying, oh, this is a Hoya line put out by so-and-so. It's like, who the fuck am I? I ain't nobody. But I am somebody who represented a scene of music where stuff like t-shirt is a big part of that scene. Yeah. And I have a group that helps keep the scene alive. Yeah. And I'm, you know, not only contributing to, you know, it's like our own economy for our scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I give and I, it also gives back to me, but I believe that and I like giving back. It also represents us because as you know, as people don't know, as you know, they look at punk rock, hardcore music as kind of like on the on the bottom, which it is. But it's something that all those big bands have in their in their DNA. You know, they're doing some type of heavy music because yeah. there was nothing raw than this style of music, and it's been around 30, 40 years. You know, already. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, so I just, we just like representing and showing that. That you know the hardcore movement, punk rock movement, heavy underground movement could represent you know in quality if it's videos, musically, you know merchandise, you know we have it all. We could do it all too, you know. And for Madball, you guys just put out this past summer a new album. Yeah, how that, yeah. We, how's that yeah. working? In terms oh, yeah. of touring and because I know you guys just did this kind of eat like Canadian East Coast jaunt and now you're back home. Is that yeah. how you're doing the touring for this album? Yeah, no, um, it just happens to pan out like since the album came out, you know, we had these little sectioned off runs that we wanted to do that just happened to 
be the right way we wanted to do it for now. But since the album came out now, once we got, because some of these shows were booked already and we had some family things in between. Now we knew it's starting to accelerate that right after the new year, it's when we pick up on a on a on a heavier tour schedule for this album. So far it's going really, really good. You know, we we're really been amped on this record. Yeah. Not just again, not not saying it because we we're trying to push a new album. This is one of the best records we've put out in many years. Yeah, and we felt as- it early on, you know. Yeah, it's heavy as fuck. You know, it's really, you. really groovy and heavy and just the best elements jam-packed. Yeah, you know, we've been doing it a long time. And, you know, it's been about four four years since our last record. And, again, we're a band. Like we said, we like keeping up. We don't like just... We don't like getting a, 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 a C plus, just, you know, just pass, a 65 we like trying to go for, you know, 110, you know what I mean? Yeah. And when we put out something, you know, we put out, you know, on our hearts on it, you know, and our balls are on it. You know, we always want to represent the right way, Don't, you know, a real way, you know, and we love what we do. So we wanted to make it special and we wanted to make sure that the kid who's 16 years old could vibe with it the same way the guy who's 35, 45 could vibe with it. You know what I mean? And... We try to make it like a movie, you know. There's, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it takes you through a, a ride. You know, it's not one pace. It's, you know, ups and downs, and, and you know, we want we want you to feel something when you hear one of our records. And I think we did it on this one. Now, did you do most of the writing in terms of the music on this? Well, you know, I write a lot of the stuff. You know, Freddie writes all the lyrics. Yeah. And, um, you know, we all have, you know, we all put in our say and how we put stuff in. But I write a lot of the stuff, you know, um, I usually start writing for an album early. So I usually start stockpiling my riffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, you know, I write a lot of the stuff, but everybody does, you know, everybody writes in and we put it together as a band. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, if if the the touring for this new album is only just starting, it seems like you guys are going to be on for a long ride with this album. I think this album's going to be a long cycle for you guys because it's really well done. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, you know that be you know that'll be great. You know how that is. It you know you could we we want to ride a record as long as you could play out for it and have your shows be successful and you know the vibe stay up. You know, we're really, really amped on it. You know, again, we 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 felt it was a special record when we had no lyrics to it. You know what I mean? We already yeah. said, damn, there's something here that we that hit hit home for us, you know what I mean? As a band. And then um we're psyched on the production, on everything. The feedback's been great, you know, and um we're hoping we you know, we're gonna tour the world though, you know, you know, off of it, you know, as much as we can. And we're psyched because we haven't even touched anything really on this for this record cycle yet. So, well, you know, we're psyched. Yeah, that's what I noticed. And then then I saw on Instagram the Toronto date. Yeah, so I was just great. like, oh, my God, they're coming. The only <laughs> problem why I couldn't uh, go to the show is because I it took me about an hour and a half to get there. 
Yeah, and I had oh, man, all my gear. Believe me, I know. I was like, we were. The, I was trying to figure out when I would be there to meet you and all that shit. It was crazy that day. Yeah, I. I it was all cool. I totally understood. Um, but I sat at the Hard Luck Bar for about an hour with all the bands. Everyone was really nice, but I know they were like, "On who's the weirdo <laughs> with all these bags? Who's the bag guy?" <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Nah, yeah, you know, it's fucking. I was telling everybody, I was like, yeah, I gotta go meet her. You know, it was crazy. But I want to no. believe me, you know, I told you a while ago, and I know we talked about it a long time ago. We were like, you know, we gotta talk shit one day. So I was glad that we were able to do this. Like I said, I could listen to you talk all day, and <laughs> just to get even like this time from you is, is awesome. I mean, yeah, I'll take nah, it through nah, Skype or man. in person. We got to do it again. Definitely, you know, definitely, yo. The, especially, you know, it's good. It's a, it's a, it's a small world. Like I said, I first heard about you and, and the band through my boy, who's like my brother. He's from Belgium, a long time ago, and then that's how I found out about you and the half. I know about the band. Then I met when we met up in fucking Australia. It was cool, and every, the way everything fucking worked out. Actually, Mitz was the first guy I ever met on the Soundwave tour in the morning. I thought I was taking an early stroll, and then he comes. I think I was wearing an entombed shirt, and oh, then yeah. he comes he, up he, to me. And he then, was probably uh, coming in. He was probably bombed. <laughs> so, <laughs> saw that, and he loves entombed because those are his boys. Right. You know, so, uh, that's funny. It was a good. It was a good start to the whole tour. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Soundwave was. A, Shout out to Soundwave. That was a great tour. Uh, and the bands that were picked, perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah. Awesome. We had a blast. You know, we had fun again. Talking shit and meeting all the bands. And, you know, it was a good time. Yeah, yeah. So it was great. Well, Hoya, thanks a lot, man. Thank you so much for hey, this. Thank you. Yo, I'm glad we got to do this. Hey, Canada and the world, I love you. Passitarock.com. <laughs> Danko Jones, baby. Let's